on this edition of the podcast, we're going to be discussing Bernd Leno after his performance in Vienna has caused a complete and utter meltdown on the Arsenal Twitter sphere. And we'll be looking ahead to this weekend's Premier League clash with Leicester City. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing Bernd Leno because it seems that this has sparked a, a hell of a debate, or his performance, I should say, has sparked a hell of a debate on the social media platforms with regards to whether or not he is suitable to be Arsenal's number one. And of course, we're going to be looking ahead to our Premier League clash on Sunday with Leicester City, which I don't think is going to be an easy game at all. But we're going to come on to that a little bit later on. We're going to start off with the Burnt Leno debate because um, I was quite critical of Burnt Leno um, following his display in Vienna. And uh, a lot of people have come at me on social media, which is fine. You know, I put my opinions out there um, I know that people are going to have different opinions and I know that people are going to respond and that's absolutely fine. Um, but, you know, I shared my view and I just wanted to, to make a couple of points with regards to Bernd Leno. Um, and I think they're fair points and feel free to tell me in the live chat if you don't think they are. Uh, feel free to challenge anything I say. Feel free to put across your argument. You know, that's what it, this is all about. Um but I wanted to, first of all, say my feelings on Bernd Leno as a goalkeeper were not simply built out of the performance in Vienna. And if you go back to previous editions of this show at some points last season, um, you will you will know that. You will find evidence of that. You will find evidence of me questioning some of the, the sort of attributes that Bernd Leno has. For example what I believe to be an inability to dominate his penalty area. I think his communication isn't there. Um, I think there's a number of issues with Bernd Leno. That's not to say I think he's a shit goalkeeper and he should never play for Arsenal again. But it feels like at the moment, what you've got is you've got this this thing in society where, and not just within football, not just within the Arsenal fan base, but with society in general, where you have to be one extreme or the other. And that's with everything. That is with everything nowadays. Take Brexit for an example. That's probably the biggest example of where you had a country divided and there was no middle ground. It was either you're all for it or you're hard against it. And there was no sort of middle ground. There was no willingness to listen to each other. There was no willingness to discuss anything. And that's kind of what we have in football as well. Um, and not just in football, in lots of things. Because everybody, you know, thinks that when someone voices an opinion about a player or criticises a performance of a player, that it means they hate them and it's personal and they want to attack them. I don't hate Bernd Leno. Bernd Leno plays for Arsenal Football Club. 
you know, I will always support anyone that plays for Arsenal Football Club. The issue here is that I don't think he's as good as some Arsenal fans would have you believe. And I'm going to give you my reasons for that. I'm not just going to sit here and make sweeping statements, um, you know, without without justifying them, without backing them up with with evidence. And I do think that Bern Leno is, is error prone. Bern Leno does have a mistake in him. Now, I totally accept that when you play in the way that we do, and that is by playing the ball out from the back, that there are going to be mistakes. Even some of the world's best goalkeepers, the Allisons, the Edisons, the, you know, the Oblaks, they make mistakes. And in particular, as a manager, when you choose to play in the way that Mikel Arteta chooses to play um, and put sort of passes out from the back and try and absorb uh, people into you, etc., you're going to have moments that end up in goals. And so, you know, I, I, you can overlook some of them. You can take it on the chin sometimes, but it can't happen over and over and over again and be okay when, it's, um, when, it, when it comes to crosses and balls coming into the box. I think Bern Leno has an issue with that. I don't think he commands his area anywhere near the way Emmy Martinez does. I think he parries balls out in front of him into into dangerous areas. I think that's a problem. I don't think he's vocal enough. I don't think he's dominant enough in every sense of the word. And that's my issue with Bern Leno. Has he had brilliant games in an Arsenal shirt? Absolutely. He's had some phenomenal games. And the most recent one was probably that game at Anfield uh, a few weeks ago in the Premier League. I thought it was excellent that night. Um, you know, I thought it was excellent when we beat them... Um, in the cup on penalties. Am I getting the two games mixed up? Anyway, I thought he was excellent at Anfield. Um, and he got a Man of the Match award for that. And for me, you know, it's absolutely fine to, to praise him when he deserves it. And I do praise him when he deserves it. But equally, when he has a bad game like he did last night, then I think it's fully warranted and fully justified when people ask questions. Now, my issue with the goalkeeping situation at Arsenal at the moment is not even just solely Bern Leno. You know, we obviously allowed Martinez to go. We had issues around the fact that he wanted to play. He wanted to be the number one. And I get all of that. But Arsenal failed to replace him with, in my view, a goalkeeper capable of challenging our number one. A goalkeeper capable of creating the kind of competition that is healthy within every squad, the kind of competition that every successful side has within it. Now, unless you've got a really outstanding goalkeeper, like in Liverpool's situation where you've got, for example, Alisson, who is so much better than, than pretty much everybody else out there, then there's always going to be a drop-off between you know, Alisson and Adrian, for example. But in Arsenal's case, we had two goalkeepers who, in my view, were very similar in terms of their ability. I'm not saying you were going to go out and get a goalkeeper that was better than Bern Leno or even equal to Bern Leno to be happy to come to the Emirates Stadium and sit on his bench. But if you don't trust Alex Runarsson to play in the Carabao Cup or in the Europa League, then that tells me a lot about the level that you think he's at as a manager. And you clearly don't think that he's anywhere near Bernd Leno and that you can't trust him in those kind of games. In games where you make a number of changes, um, you know, not that Mikel Arteta hasn't gone as, as heavy on the changes as maybe 
Arsene Wenger used to in the competitions, etc. Um, but he does make changes in these competitions. And to then... To then, you know, to then overlook Renarsson just begs the question, why did you sign him in the first place? So that that's kind of my thing. And I guess the overriding point is when I criticise Bern Leno, I'm criticising Bern Leno because of a, a build-up of things, a build-up of faults, a build-up of mistakes, a build-up of mishaps throughout his Arsenal career. Now, I just want to share something with you guys because I, I only I only planned to do this pod about 10 minutes before um before I actually went live. So I didn't have time to dig out sort of the cold, hard facts, but I did dig out an article um, which is dated. I'm just going to share it on my screen with you guys, uh, which is from 90 Min. Check out 90 Min. Um, and this article was dated 25th of February, 2020. So earlier this year. And Bern Leno, had only, he's only been in England since 2018. But at that point, he had made seven direct errors that led to goals. That's the same as Simon Mignolet. It's the same as Granite Xhaka, who lots of you criticise. Same as Arthur Boritz. You know, and just one less than David De Gea. Now, Bern Leno's made more since then. And, you know, I don't know off the top of my head exactly how many. But the point is that Bern Leno hasn't always been flawless. Bern Leno hasn't been flawless since he came to Arsenal and he had one bad game in Vienna and all of a sudden I'm sitting there going, get rid of him, he's not good enough or, you know, he's not elite. That's not the case, is it? And I'm not even saying get rid of him now. I'm just saying that for me, Bern Leno is not an elite level goalkeeper. He's a good goalkeeper. Good goalkeepers, they perform, you know, often. The great goalkeepers, they perform Every single week. And Bern Leno doesn't do that at this moment in time. And that is all my point is. A view doesn't have to be so polarised. It doesn't have to be, I, I, I want him out. I dislike him. I hate the guy. It can just be that in the longer term, I don't think he's a top level goalkeeper. I'm not necessarily 100% sure that he's good enough to be classed in that level. And I think because he's not at that level... Over time, he will cost us. Now, the, the debate is, will he cost us more than he will earn us? And we don't know that yet. You know, you can only judge that over the course of the season. But by showing you this article from February 2020, I'm merely making the point that Bern Leno's shortcomings have been on display for a lot longer than some Arsenal fans would have you believe. People argued that last season... He uh, was our probably our second best player behind Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Well, Arsenal finished eighth. Arsenal were dreadful last season. And, you know, bar for an FA Cup win, you know, I I'm sure the viewpoint would have been very different on that. But the point being that we were so, so bad, as, as, as much as maybe he deserves some praise for being one of the standout players, it was a pretty shoddy season for Arsenal overall. And so let's not go over the top on it. And over the top on Bern Leno's performances. He has made some wonderful saves. He's kept us in games at times when we had absolutely no right to still be in the games. But he has also made mistakes regularly. And that proves it. And and regardless of, you know, people want to want to brush over them sometimes. People want to ignore them. You know, you can make a mistake that leads to a goal. But we've got the firepower down, down the other end to put it right. That doesn't mean 
that the mistake didn't occur. That doesn't mean that when judging, when assessing that individual player, that you should overlook that mistake. My personal viewpoint is that Arsenal got rid of the wrong goalkeeper. That's my personal viewpoint. And you're welcome to disagree with that. You absolutely are. And I'd love to hear why you disagree with that in the live comments. By all means, fire away. But my final point, and I made the point already, but I'll go back to it just to round off this Bern Leno talk, is that my view is not one extreme or the other. My view is simply that I don't think Bern Leno is an elite level goalkeeper. And I think that he will continue to make the type of errors that we saw in Vienna. And it's up to Mikel Arteta whether he wants to continue with that. But if Mikel Arteta is the boss that we think he is, I honestly believe that if Bern Leno does carry on making those errors, it won't be long before Mikel Arteta looks to replace him. And, and that's the right attitude to have as a manager. There is no competition at Arsenal now for the goalkeeping spot. Nobody wants to see Matt Macy in goal for Arsenal. Nobody wants to see Alex Runarsson because people are worried because he's such an unknown quantity. So, you know, it just, it, it, it just, it's fair to question Bern Leno after a performance like that. It doesn't mean you hate him. It doesn't mean you're being unfair. It's simply an observation. We're analysing the game. We're looking back at the game. And I've not once said a disrespectful word about Bern Leno as a person or as a man or, or as even as a professional. I haven't even questioned his professionalism. I just think he has mistakes in him. And I'm not the only one that thinks that. Right, um, rant over regarding Bern Leno. Um, just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, guys, smash that like button. It is so, so important for the channel. And please, if you're new to the channel, hit that subscribe button. We're on our way to 10K. Um, I think we're about 140 away um, from that incredible milestone. Uh, so please, please do uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Like the video if you haven't already and get involved in the comments section below. A uh, good time to quickly remind you guys as well that this podcast is sponsored by manscaped.com. So if you want um, to uh, improve your grooming, um, whether that is on uh, any part of your body and you want your body hair to look as lush, as trim, as fresh as the Emirates Stadium pitch. Hopefully not as green though. Check out manscaped.com. Um, head over, order yourself one of these. Your balls will thank you as the packaging says. Uh, lawnmower 3.0. Here you go. Listen to that buzz. Light so you don't miss any of the dark bits. Check out manscaped.com and a big thanks to them for supporting this podcast. If you do head over there, you do check out their products and something tickles your fancy, then don't forget to enter the discount code CHRONICLESAFC, all in capitals, and you'll get 20% off of your order plus free shipping. Right, let's check out your comments on the Burn Leno thing um, before, we, um, before we move on to look ahead to the game against Leicester City this weekend. First of all, big hello to Bad Boy, to Martin, to Omar, um, to Arsenal Granny, to the Overlord, uh, to Maximus, to Suel, um, to lots of you. Um, football says Leno was error-prone before he came to Arsenal. He's a good keeper, but not world-class. Hasn't learned from his mistakes. And again, I'm not questioning his professionalism. I'm not saying that he he it's his attitude that is leading to these mistakes. But it's just not at that Allison level, for example. And, you, and and people have to accept that. I don't get why the reluctance. I mean, I know he's our player and I know we want to defend him. But use your eyes. You know, do you feel comfortable with Bern Leno in goal at, the, at this moment in time? I can't say I do. 
And regardless of the saves he makes and the wonderful sort of diving reflex stops that he pulls off quite regularly, to be fair to him, I still don't feel comfortable in his presence. I still don't feel comfortable when he's dealing with crosses. And being a goalkeeper is so much more than just making reflex saves. It's about communication. It's about being dominant. It's about making your defence feel at ease. It's about being organised. It's about being, um, you know, a, a leader. And I don't see that in Bern Leno. That's another reason why I can't put my hand on my heart, regardless of whether he plays for Arsenal, and say this guy is top, top level. Is he good, though? Yes, he is good. Has he saved us on occasions? Yes, he has. And that's why I keep saying that my view it is slightly one way, but it's not to the extreme where I don't want to see him play for Arsenal again or I hate the guy or I'm going to sit online and abuse him and send him messages on Twitter like some would. And why is why can't people have a kind of middle ground view or slightly to one side view, but still keep touch with the middle ground? That's that's my issue. You know, everything's so reactionary these days. Everyone has to um, everyone has to put people in categories. And that's that's the problem, not just in football, in anything. Um, Sean says, I back Leno 100 percent. Mistakes happen. Hopefully he'll grow from this. Um, Tinashe says the fact you are having to caveat caveat this your point with the opening statement proves your point um, Edwards says Leno is an average to good shot stopper but now his confidence is bound to be at rock bottom um, Sean also says Arteta doesn't like rotating keepers for league and cup he didn't play Martinez when we got knocked out by Olympiacos even though under Emery he played earlier on that's right that is right um I know he doesn't like it and I'm not saying that I have an issue with him sticking with one goalkeeper necessarily but you still in my view in order to get the maximum and to push Bern Leno to be at his very best he needs to have that competition behind him and it's very very clear that Alex Renarsson is not seen as anywhere near that level at this moment in time by the coaching staff. Now I've not watched Renarsson play yet and I'll make my own judgment when I do. But it's clear that they feel like the drop-off between Leno and Ronarsson is significant. Whether Arteta likes rotating goalkeepers or not. Because if that wasn't the case, why was Macy on the bench as well yesterday? You know, I know we're filling up like sort of numbers on the on the bench and stuff. But it's, um, you know, it wasn't a signing that filled anybody with confidence, was it? The signing of Alex Ronarsson. And I don't expect to see him play much football. And that's that, which tells you all you need to know. In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that throughout the course of the season, unless Bern Leno gets injured, I don't think Renarsson will be given a chance. Which again, regardless of what Mikel Arteta's preference is with regards to rotating the team, I don't think he'll get a fair crack because I don't think that deep down they think he's good enough and he was signed just to plug a hole. Um, let's see. Um, Iconoclast says, good afternoon. Everyone is forgetting goalkeepers mature later than on-field players. It's an interesting point. Um, it is a very, very interesting point. Uh, Omar says, Leno can't play out from the back. He's too weak and always parries shot in, into the danger area. He's not good enough. Uh, Maximus says, Leno is trash. His distribution isn't only slow, it's poor. Um, Niall Robinson says, what we even debating? Leno had a shocker. Um, all players have them. No point crying about Emmy. He's gone. Yeah, and 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 I think you hit the nail on the head there, Nile, where you say 
what are we even debating? The performance yesterday in Vienna from Bern Leno wasn't good enough. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Now, the reason people keep mentioning Martinez is because beyond Leno, nobody sees a goalkeeper who's ready to step in and to give Bern Leno a rest or give Bern Leno a chance to be taken out of the spotlight when it's quite clear his confidence isn't where it needs to be. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, whatever happened, whether they'd chosen to keep Martinez and let Leno go, you know, you would have you would have still had people looking back on it and deciding and making their own mind up as to whether or not that was the right call or not. Um, Majid said, he's, yes, he's always had an error in him, but in terms of performances, he has had way more good games to bad games. He just needs to iron out his mistakes. I do think he's had probably more good games than bad games. I agree with you there. And that's why, again, I go back to that point. My viewpoint on Bern Leno is slightly one way, but it's not fully that way. You know, my mind can be changed and I will praise him when he plays well. I was one of the first people to praise him after that performance at Liverpool. But equally, when he doesn't perform, I think it's fair to ask questions, particularly when the nature of the errors sort of have a common theme. And we are seeing that inability from Berliner to play this way, to play the ball out from the back. His distribution is constantly found wanting. And yesterday, it put us under pressure on numerous occasions. Um, what else have we got here? Um, Bob says, Arsenal fans need to respect their players and expect some bad days at their job site. One or two mistakes might cause us, but don't require, might cause us harm, I get, cost us, I think he's trying to say, but they don't require instant judgment. Let's support what we've got and move on. Yeah, I mean, look, why does everybody take this kind of stance that by saying somebody had a bad game, it means you don't support them? That's absolutely not the case. Absolutely not the case. Um, I've just simply made the point and I made the point on the podcast yesterday that you can't say that Bern Leno is an elite goalkeeper and he's one of the very best in the world because these errors occur too often for him to be called that. That's that's just my view. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Big um, hello to Ray Anderson as well and to Daniel uh, Jerome Mark says that uh, Martinez was a late bloomer and all this talk of the sample size being too small is a load of rubbish. We let go of the better keeper. End of. Keep it up, Harry. Uh, cheers, Jerome. Um, Suhel says Martinez dominated our box and he was calm on the ball. Arteta was rushed into making footballing reason decisions to let Martinez go. Um, let's see what else we've got. Um Alex McCarthy says, wasn't Leno bought for his ability to pass out from the back? LOL. I don't know. You know, we, we did hear a lot about his distribution when he come, but whether it's been under Unai Emery, whether it's been under, um, you know, Mikel Arteta, the distribution has not been good. It's not been good enough. I appreciate there are times where the passes to him have been poor. Um, I think the second one where he gave the ball away yesterday, I think it was a pass back from El Nenny, was a really poor pass. And I said that at the time when I was watching the game. I was watching it with my brothers and my dad. And I did say to them, I got a bit of sympathy for him on that one because the pass was terrible. So there will be instances where Bern Leno's distribution is impacted by 
the players around him, giving him poor balls by being closed down, by having angles closed. I appreciate that. But overall, I don't think it is one of his strengths. I do think it is a bit of a weakness uh, for Bernd Leno. Uh, Russ Morgan says it's becoming increasingly clear that we sold the wrong keeper in the summer. Um, Arsenal Granny says, I think they were after Raya up until the end of the window. Of course, David Raya, the Brentford goalkeeper. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about that. There were a lot of rumours about that. And he, again, in my view, is someone that may not have been quite ready to step into the number one spot necessarily or to even compete on an equal level for the number one spot. But he's certainly someone who you look at and you think he has the ability to at least keep Bern Leno on his toes, to put him under pressure, to keep him um, honest, to keep him working hard. Again, you know, people are going to say, how can I say this about Renarsson? Um because I haven't seen him play. But at the end of the day, were any of you jumping up and down when Arsenal signed Alex Renarsson? No, not necessarily. Was anyone even kind of saying, well, this guy could be one for the future? I don't think they were. I think you're talking about a guy who spent his career sort of in the the lower part of well, of his recent career, in the lower echelons of Ligue 1 in France. And you don't really get filled by inspiration about that. Trust it. Do you trust in the process? Do you trust that Arsenal have seen something in, in uh, Alex Renarsson that means he can go on to do exactly that, to challenge Bern Leno for the number one spot? I don't know. Nobody knows that at this moment in time. But I don't think it is unfair. I don't think it is ridiculous. And I don't think it is disrespectful to say that we've weakened our goalkeeping position, not just whether or not you think Martinez is better than Leno, but because simply we only have one goalkeeper at the moment that anybody has any faith in doing a job in the Premier League. That's the issue here. Um, lack of competition. Um, lack of competition and standards drop. I honestly believe that. I think it's been a problem at Arsenal for years and years and years. Mr. A says, Harry, mate, doesn't say that more about... Doesn't that say more about Xhaka that everyone on the list is a keeper by him? Yeah, look, we're not talking about Granite Xhaka today. I, I can't bother to get into that as well. This is already too much of a chunky topic. Um, HICM says, Harry, I firmly believe that we should have made Martinez number one in order to stop him leaving. Leno makes far too many costly mistakes for us to be good enough to challenge for the top four defensively. Um, Topher says, to be fair, I expect Leno to play two to three of the group matches to secure points. Arteta obviously is making Europa League a target and not going to drop needless points. Uh, let's see what else. Um, Artifact TV. The problem is, Harry, every time he has a bad game and every, everybody's on his case like you are right now. But when you have a good game, the positive is not the same as the negative. I don't even think I was on his case. Like this, this is the point, And this is why I'm discussing this on this video today and on this podcast today, because the amount of people that sort of came at me on 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 social media in the last 24 hours, because I said that I didn't think he had a good game and that that was the kind of performance that tells me that and has shown me. And it's not the first one, but it's one of the performances that has shown me that Bern Leno, as as good as he is, is not elite. I think that's just talking facts. You know, just it's simply just talking facts. It's not 
having a go at him. I haven't said a single disrespectful word about the guy. I haven't criticised him as a man, criticised his attitude, his work ethic, anything like that. Simply that my opinion is that Bern Leno is not a world-class goalkeeper. And I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. I think a lot of Arsenal fans think that. And I think it's an absolutely fair opinion to have. Equally, if you go back to previous podcasts, when he has played very well, I have praised him. And I've been full of praise for him. And I'll continue to do that. If he is brilliant against Leicester, if he has a good game against Leicester on Sunday, I promise every single one of you, he'll be the first player I discuss on the review show. Because fair is fair. And I've been fair with Bern Leno. And last night was a bad performance. It was a shoddy performance from Arsenal overall that wasn't helped and was made even worse by an incompetent goalkeeping performance that put us in a position where we could have potentially dropped points against a side that we really should be beating. Uh, let's see what else we've got here in terms of your comments. And then we're going to move on um, to the... Uh, to the uh, Leicester stuff. Uh, Brad Richardson says, uh, question, David Raya in January for you, Harry. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the look of David Raya. I think David Raya is someone who's very, very comfortable with the ball at his feet. And if you're going to play the way that we are playing, then I think that is a must. That is an attribute that our goalkeeper currently needs to have. I'm not even going to say that Emi Martinez was particularly good with his feet, but he was a lot less casual in certain situations I don't think he allowed people to close him down um, as uh, as closely as Bern Leno does before releasing the ball and he probably didn't get caught out as a result of that maybe he wasn't always following to a T what Mikel Arteta wants from his goalkeeper but I think as Jens Lehmann famously once said you play the game you don't let the game play you and as much as you can have a tactic and a plan at some point as a professional footballer, you have to be trusted by your manager and given the responsibility to do what you think is right in a situation. Um, AK says, fully agree, Harry. We should have sold Leno and kept Martinez. Just gonna, we're gonna wrap up on this um, on this Leno stuff because I feel like it's taken too long and it it isn't really that much of a debate. I mean, my point stands that I I don't think he's an elite world-class goalkeeper but that doesn't mean I think that he should be dropped from the side partly because I don't think we have a capable deputy and secondly because you know what are we what we can't do nothing about it right now I don't think he needs to have his confidence dashed um, but this was a reminder and it's not the first reminder as I showed you statistically previously that he is not at that very, very top level. I, I, why can't we just know that and still support him and get behind it and get on? Why is it when someone says that, it has to be an issue and it has to be blown out of proportion? Um, Mr. A says, Harry, how come you didn't make a video about Xhaka when he gave away a penalty against Brighton that cost us top four in Emery's first season? Go and have a look. Go, go check out the videos that I made after that game. And tell me if I didn't criticise Granit Xhaka. I make a video after every single Arsenal game. Just check it out. Go and have a look for yourself. It's there. Um, Pramod says, Harry, I don't agree with you often, but definitely agree with you on Leno. But I have a question to you. It seems Leno is not comfortable playing out the back. If that's the case, is it worth the risk to do that? 
it is a good question and it's a it's a it's a balance that Mikel Arteta has to find isn't it between playing the way he wants to play but equally um not putting us in positions where we're losing points because of it so yeah it's it's one for the manager and it's one he really needs to think about but yeah um I think you're right when you say he's not comfortable playing out from the back. We've seen that time and time again. Quick reminder before we move on uh, to the Leicester stuff. Um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Um, we're fast approaching 10k subscribers. So help us get there, please. And we've got plenty more content coming for you um, over the course of the next few months. We're joined by Adrian Clark again on Monday. Where we'll be looking back at the Leicester game. That'll be at 9pm UK time. So come and join us live. Uh, get your questions in for Adrian as well. Very much looking forward to speaking to him again as well. Um, right, let's move on. Um, Arsenal take on Leicester City in the Premier League this weekend at the Emirates Stadium. It's the 7.15pm game. Um, it's on Sky Sports box office, which is a bit of a ball ache um, for those of us here in the UK, of course. It's the first pay-per-view game that Arsenal are involved in. So um, I, I know there's quite a bit of debate around whether that's right, whether that's wrong, whether people are going to pay it. I know a lot of Arsenal fans have done a really good thing and donated that money to a charity, um, to a local charity, which I think is excellent. Um, I'm kind of... I, I, I don't like the idea of pay-per-view games, obviously. Um, maybe I'm not as against the concept as some, but I am against the pricing. I think the pricing's too high and that's the problem for me. Um, you know, make the game a fiver, seven fifty, eight quid, whatever. Um, I think that's acceptable. Fifteen pounds for me is, is is pushing the boundary and it's trying to maximise what you can possibly get. And the reason I'm not overly upset about the the concept, just to quickly give you guys an idea of why, is because as Arsenal fans, we haven't paid for our season tickets. Um, you know, yes, we had credit in the bank, which the club um, took for those that wanted to opt in. Others have been allowed to put their season ticket on hold. So Arsenal haven't taken that money from us and then are taking the money again, if you know what I mean. And that's probably why us as a fan base are a little bit less wound up by it than others. Or that's why me personally, I don't feel as strongly as some do on it. I still think, though, that the price is um, the price is not quite right. And, and that probably uh, does need to be uh, addressed. Um, right. So, of course, Arsenal take on. Um, the mighty uh, Leicester City. Uh, I'm saying mighty because I'm going to play them up. Maybe a bit of reverse psychology will help us. Um, but yeah, Arsenal take on Leicester City um, at the Emirates Stadium on Sunday. And I think it's going to be a difficult game, actually. Let's have a quick look at the head-to-head -head between these two sides in the in Premier League history and some of the recent meetings. Just going to share my screen for those of you watching us on YouTube. Uh, here we go. Um 28 games uh, between the two sides in the Premier League. Arsenal have won 16 of those. Leicester have won just four and there have been eight draws between these two sides. But if you have a look at the recent record, doesn't read too well for Arsenal. Of course, we drew um, on the 7th of July uh, with Leicester. That was obviously post-lockdown. 1-1 um, at the Emirates Stadium. Uh, we also lost at the King Power earlier on in the campaign. Um the year before that, we lost at the King Power by three goals to nil. And of course, uh, we managed to beat them at the Emirates by three goals to one. And back in May 2018, we were also beaten by Leicester. So um, as much as you see the overall record is very much stacked in Arsenal's favour, 
We've actually only beaten Leicester City once in the last five meetings between the two clubs. We've lost three of those. Granted, in that last five, three of them have been away from home, but we have lost all three of those. And um, we, we beat them once at the Emirates and drew with them once at the Emirates. That is in the last five uh, meetings between the two clubs. A uh, big hello to Dramatic12 and a big thank you for your super chat, mate. Thank you for your kind donation. He says, hey, Harry, hope you're having a great day, my guy. Hope you're having a good day too, mate, and a great weekend. And fingers crossed. Arsenal uh, Arsenal do the business for us and we can all be happy uh, come the end of the weekend. Uh, right, so that's the, the head-to-head uh, between the sides in uh, recent times. If you look at the form guide, uh, well, Leicester have lost their last two Premier League games. A 1-0 defeat um, at home to Aston Villa, late, late goal in that one. And of course, uh, they were heavily beaten by West Ham at the King Power Stadium before that. They did win their opening three games of the season. Um which suggested that Leicester were back on track after a really dodgy end to the last campaign. But they have lost their last two, so Arsenal should take some encouragement for that. from that. Arsenal have also lost two Premier League fixtures today. But unlike Leicester, we've lost them against Manchester City and against Liverpool. So I think there's a little bit more room for an excuse in there when you look at Arsenal's recent form. So we go into this one, I think, uh, as the favourites and I think uh, as... We should go into this looking to take all three points against Leicester City. But as always with Leicester City, as always with a Brendan Rodgers side, we have to be wary of that threat on the counter-attack. That is something they have in an abundance and we have to be aware of that. They're a side that I think will be a little bit cautious in their approach, although it's not really in Brendan Rodgers' DNA. I still think you'll see them sit that little bit deeper. But the difference between them and the likes of some of the other sides, the Burnleys, etc., is that these guys really, really do have the capability to hurt you on the counter-attack. And we need to be alert for, to that and we need to watch out for that. Um, in terms of the season so far, Arsenal currently sit in fifth. Um, Leicester sit in fourth, of course, because they have got um, those three wins uh, on, the, uh, on the board. So... It's by no means been a disaster start to the season, despite them losing a couple of games. Uh, in terms of clean sheets, we've both only kept one. Leicester score an average of 2.4 goals a game in comparison to our 1.6. But Arsenal do concede less chances than Leicester. We concede 1.2 um, on average. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, average goals conceded. We concede average 1.2 and they concede an average of 1.6. So uh, there you go. Right, um... Let's move on now to have a look at the side I would go with for the game uh, against Leicester City. Um, so I'm going to share that with you now on the screen. Um, just bear with us a second. And for those of you on the audio, I will read it out to you. So don't worry about that. Um, here we go. Right. So I would go uh, with Bernd Leno in goal, um, despite me sort of saying that I don't think he is... Um, that I don't think he is elitely level. He is clearly Arsenal's best goalkeeper and therefore clearly he should play. Um, so there you go. He's going to um, start for me. Uh, back four of uh, Hector Bellerin, who I thought was really, really positive when he came on in Vienna. I thought he made a big difference. I think Kieran Tierney uh, should play at left back with Gabriel and Lewis as uh, a midfield, uh, sorry, as a centre-back pairing. Um, I want to see a midfield of uh, Thomas Partey who again I thought was really, really good in Vienna, alongside Granit Xhaka. Um, and that is because, partly because uh, Danny Ceballos is uh, going to be assessed ahead of this one. He did have a bit of a problem um, 
and so he is going to be assessed. So if he's not 100% fit, I'm going with Granit Xhaka. And I'm going with Bukayo Saka, who despite coming off with a knock um, in the game in Vienna, we think is going to be okay. And also that gives us that little bit of tactical flexibility again, doesn't it? Um, with Saka being able to slot into that left wing back role and Arsenal being able to do this again, if ever under pressure, where Tierney slots in alongside Gabriel and Lewis to make it a back three. Saka can tuck in as that wing back and Xhaka and Partey can then be square uh, with one another and make up a tight midfield pairing. So again, Saka gives us that flexibility, but he also uh, can step into the midfield when we do have possession and he can uh, get up and down that flank as well to good effect. So um, that's what I personally would go with. It looks a little bit lopsided when you see it on the screen like this, uh, but that is very much um, sort of my idea for the midfield on Sunday. I've gone with a front three of Nicolas Pepe because, again, I don't think he was great um, in Vienna. I don't think he was good at all, actually. But what I will say is that um, I think Nicolas Pepe is a bit of a... He's a bit of a he's a bit of a Pandora's box in the sense of when you do crack it open and you do get the best out of it, like it just, just comes all over the place. Um, you know he you know his ability just he's he's a box of tricks, isn't it? It's like a box of fireworks where it just all goes off and you don't know what you're going to get from Nicolas Pepe. But I think the fact that he can deliver, um, he does have that ability to deliver, even if his form hasn't been particularly good I didn't think it was good in Vienna I didn't think he was good at City but I thought he was good against Sheffield United not so long ago so there is uh, there is something there in Nicolas Pepe and what's the alternative um you know I, I'm not I think that Reese Nelson probably should have got a game in Vienna but I'm not again he's a player for for whom the jury's out on in my opinion still um Lacazette I think needs to play as the number nine um because I don't think Eddie Nketiah is quite at that level at the moment. Obviously, Nketiah is able to, is someone you could bring on from the bench, which would be interesting, um, but not someone that I would like to see starting. And I think Aubameyang should continue on that sort of left position where he has been so effective. Um, we don't know if Willian's going to be fit. We don't really know if Sabayos is going to be fit. And that's why I've not included either of those two. Um, be interesting to see if they do make it and if they do, whether that will uh, impact on Mikel Arteta's plans, whether they'll be uh, fit enough to start. We will have to wait and see, but that would be my side to face Leicester City on Sunday. Put yours in the comments and I'll have a look at those um, this evening and I'll reply to as many of those as I possibly can. Um, my prediction for the game, I'm going to go for a narrow Arsenal victory. I'm going to go for that famous old scoreline, 1-0 to the Arsenal. So that's my prediction uh, for Arsenal's game against Leicester City in the Premier League this coming Sunday. Um, don't forget, if you are based in the United States, you can tune into iHeartRadio for the VSIN EPL show, uh, where I'll be uh, commentating on Manchester United's game against Chelsea in the Premier League from, um, from uh, 5.30 p.m. UK time. I think that's 12.30 Eastern. I'm not 100% sure on the conversion, but check that out. Um, uh, yeah, come join us for that. Smash a like button on the video if you haven't already and subscribe to the channel if you're new. As I said, we really need a push to get to that 10K mark and I'll be delighted when we do that. And of course, we'll bring you a special show when we do hit that landmark. Hope you've all enjoyed uh, this episode of the podcast. Hope you understand where I'm coming from, at least um, on the Burn Leno thing. Um, 
he is someone I think is a good goalkeeper. I just don't think he's elite level. And unless he changes my opinion on that, that's not going to change. Just remember that not just in football, but in everything, whether it's bloody Brexit, elections, um, you know, goalkeepers, not everybody's opinion has to be one extreme or the other. You can have a view, but understand another side of the view as well. And unfortunately, that is a concept that has just been lost in modern day society. Everyone wants to get on each other's backs. Everyone wants to jump down each other's throats. And there is no middle ground anymore. Disaster. I think the lockdown's driven everybody mad. That must be what it is. Right. We'll be back very, very soon with more. So until then, take care of yourselves and uh, have a great weekend. All the best. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening 